1: for our own recovery, as well as our clients. We
0: tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q and a at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 1230 Pacific time on Instagram live.
1: And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD.
0: Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only.
1: So without further ado, here is this week's episode.
0: Welcome mm-hmm. back <laughs> to this week's episode of Purely OCD. Uh, and we will be talking about self-compassion once again, ladies Part and two.
1: gentlemen.
0: There was so much to talk about with self-compassion that we had to make two parts.
1: Pismo Beach. I lived there mm-hmm. for a very short period of time. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so here so we are. Point two, uh, part two. Sorry, part Brain. two.
0: Part, part duo. No, something like that. Dose. Wow. Dose, Dose or well, duo. Do.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: wow. wow, we're off the rails already, and we we're, we're only one minute Please. in. So. This is why we do
1: it on Monday because then we are excuses. Like it's Monday. Okay. Coming back. exactly, Coming back. So if
0: anyone has any questions, throw them in the question mark area. We do have some leftover from last time uh, that we want to get to, but I know one thing that we didn't get a chance to talk about last time that we both thought would be good to talk about is, um, is loving kindness meditation and how that can support self-compassion. Um, should we start
1: there? Yeah, let's 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 do it. Um we have a fair amount of people here. I am just curious, you can send like a thumbs up if anybody's familiar with it or have tried it. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe sharing what your experience is like as well. Yeah. While we're talking about it. Because it's good to it's have great. some some interactions with you guys. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so Loving Kindness, Warren, do you want to
0: sure start yeah. and I'll add in? Sure. And you, I think you have some interesting stuff to add in about the Loving Kindness meditation. Like, or was, Did we talk about that on the live last week? I can't remember now.
1: We may was, have, but I don't think it was anything formal.
0: Yeah. But you had talked about um, Thich Nhat Han. Was that right. on the live or did
1: Yeah. So how he's redefining self-compassion, like the word love, that it's actually, it, it actually genuinely translates as, um, hold on one second. Mm -hmm. It shoot all
0: good. So I know, I remember you saying that the term loving kindness should be according to Thich Nhat Hanh, is actually just love, right? Or was yeah. it loving kindness or was it something else?
1: Yeah. So it's it's actually, it means self-love, not self-compassion, but because the word has been thrown around so loosely right. that people have actually like misused it. So to say self-love feels a little bit, um, I guess, diluted in some way.
0: Well, the, wait, saying self-compassion feels saluted, you mean, right?
1: Well, so I guess what he's saying is that people use the word compassion instead because the love is used so frivolously. Yes, yes, so yes, yes. so right. he's saying, I'm going to call this self-love, but yes. you know this as self-compassion. Yeah. Um, and then he goes into um, a lot more about that and what it means and he starts with how you practice that number one is the loving kindness meditation mm-hmm. so yep,
0: I think, and I don't know that we got into this too much last time, but the this is sort of the difference between love as a feeling versus love as a verb, which I think is a really important segue into the discussion of a meta or loving kindness meditation. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's not going to feel good, right? Like it's not Mm -hmm. going to, or feel compassionate or whatever it is that you associate with that, that you think it's supposed to feel like Uh, it's unlikely to feel that way. In my experience that oftentimes, sometimes you get that, but sometimes it's, it's just showing up and talking to yourself in a certain way over and over and over again. Um, And eventually, maybe it starts to feel a little bit different.
1: Yeah. And it's also about sending um, love to other people, people that have harmed you or people you're neutral with or people you really love deeply. Mm -hmm. So it kind of does a full circle. It's um, may I be well, may this other person be well, right? And then it comes back to loving self.
0: Yes. So I guess to that end, um, we're talking about the practice of metta or or loving kindness meditation. Uh, As Kelly is saying, we tend to use these specific phrases and these phrases become the focal point of the meditation. So whereas in a very basic uh, focused awareness meditation that's mindfulness based, we might be focused on the breath. Notice when we wandered, come back to the breath. That within the loving kindness practice, we're using sometimes, may I be peaceful? May I be filled with joy? May, be, may I be free from pain? May I be free from suffering? Right? Like these kinds of well wishes. I'm, I'm actually saying, may I be, because we're talking about self-compassion. But to Kelly's point, we usually start with somebody else. And it's usually easier to access with somebody else. So that Yeah, that's, that, someone the, you
1: love, right? Yeah. And yeah. and they'll have you you know you close your eyes and you visualize this person and really hold them in your mind and then you you do the well wishing right may you be well yeah um, but just you know just to recap in case you guys are all um, here new and di- and you missed last week's episode what we're talking about is self compassion. And it's really important in the treatment of OCD and oftentimes missed because we are so hard on ourselves and we're so fused with our thoughts and we think, um, what's wrong with me and why do I have these thoughts or why am I not getting better fast enough or what kind of a person has these thoughts? There's so much judgment. Or
0: why did you do that compulsion? You know, you're not supposed to do compulsion, right? Like the, right even, just, even into the treatment, it gets Right, blurry. just the, yeah.
1: the berating of it that goes on, the bullying is like if OCD wasn't hard enough right? or depression wasn't hard enough, now we're going to just slam ourselves over it. Yeah. Um, it's not helpful. So that's why we're talking about self-compassion because I heard somebody earlier saw someone else say they didn't know what we're talking about. So just a quick recap. Um, yeah, no, that's
0: a good, a good summation and why this is so important. So when we start with somebody who's really easy to practice with, and sometimes that's a, an animal. Uh, one of the instructions yes. in this form of meditation that I really like is pick somebody whose love, who's love you feel or the love you feel for them is uncomplicated, right? Yes. It's just sort of there's. Like
1: a, that's it.
0: Yeah. Like an easiness of like, oh gosh, I just love that person, um, right? Which is not most of our relationships in our lives, <laughs> I think, right? Like most of the time, love is. Complicated, right? Like it's so. The, but to find somebody for whom you you just unabashedly feel these feelings of warmth and love, and start practicing saying these phrase, phrases. And of course, just like with regular meditation, your mind is going to wander off into something or other. And the idea is to use self compassion in that moment to say, "Oh look, yeah. I caught myself. Okay, yeah. well done. I'm thinking." but like in a very kind way and then bring it back to these phrases. Right. Exactly. Um, And then to your point earlier, that's where you start to, you can cultivate that and then start to channel that back toward yourself. Uh, In some, in some traditions, you start to channel that towards somebody who's either neutral or
1: who you feel negatively toward. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's very hard to do. Mm -hmm. However, that being said, for somebody who I think, you know, this is very um, subjective, but I've held a lot of anger in my life towards people. And um, actually, that's really painful um, process when you're sending somebody who's harmed you actively loving kindness, and it's not meant to abolish them for the deeds they've done. But it's almost like genuinely saying this person is very unwell, right? Like, let's use the bully who follows us constantly on Instagram, okay? Mm -hmm. So they're always typically here. It doesn't matter if Lauren and I are here together (laughs) or alone. They're here, okay? We could sit here and get very upset about it. And we have many times. We've had discussions about it. But at the end of the day, this person is in tremendous pain and yeah. they're actively trying to harm us. So if we send them loving kindness and we say, may you be well, may you experience joy, it lifts up this burden that we're carrying around and it, has, it gives us space to really feel positivity and there's just a lightness to it. It by no means is, like I said, easy, or it's going to just like, now I'm not going to feel bad, but right. it's the weight of it lifts. And you feel like that is actually the healthy thing to do. This is the thing that feels good.
0: Yes. That's the thing about, I, I think it's such an important point that you bring up here because we don't practice self-compassion because it's like, some sort of moral high ground we do it because it actually it's a much better like or and this is compassion rather I keep defaulting to self compassion because it's the the sort of title today but I think we when we move into compassion out of this sort of rumination around anger it's a more pleasant internal experience than is constantly just reliving how angry you are and how much this other person sucks. And now to your point, doesn't absolve them of anything. Doesn't mean we don't need to set boundaries with another person, right? We're, we're talking about compassion. It's just what kind of an experience do we want to have in, while with this other person's existence, still being like the bully on Instagram, right? Like Mm -hmm. how much do I how how much do i want to put toward that or like um focus on that essentially not it doesn't mean that the anger's not going to pop through though or the um frustration and the same thing goes for yourself too yeah practicing it toward yourself
1: well and it it kind of starts to degrade your own ability to have self-compassion in a certain sense you know when you hold that much anger towards others um, yeah, it kind of becomes poison and
0: yeah,
1: it's unhelpful. So, but either way, coming back to self-compassion, it's, it's such an important part for people living with OCD yeah, with any in general. Right. But, um, OCD tends to have this very critical stance of self and the thoughts that are going on.
0: Yes. Yes. Very. In fact, it's funny because we're talking about that how difficult it is to practice compassion for somebody that you actively dislike. And sometimes it's hardest for people to practice compassion toward themselves more than anybody else, even their enemies. Right. So it's, yeah, it, it can be really tough and really counterintuitive. Like we were talking about last time. So
1: Absolutely. I and did. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that segues us this- nicely to the question that one of our yes.
0: yep. followers last week had asked. One thing I want to mention real quick, because I saw it come up is that uh, headspace, as somebody was saying has these types of, of meditations mm-hmm. and most, most of the mindfulness apps are going to have these kinds of meditations. So if that's something that you use, that you find helpful looking for, like I said, meta is what it's called. Uh, and, or, um, loving kindness, meditation, or oftentimes it's now branded as self-compassion because they'll use these practices to for- support self-compassion. But
1: Oh, it, really quickly too. Uh, yes. Dr. Kristin Neff on her website,
0: yes. she has
1: like these open sources of meditation and exercises actually that can help access self-compassion. So she has worksheets that if you go through them, they kind of help you develop like this self-love and, and seeing these aspects of yourself and seeing it in others. And I, I found that really helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. but she also has a multiple, uh, free self-compassion meditations. So yeah, but go ahead. No, that's
0: solid. Thank you for for sharing Mm -hmm. that resource. So
1: did you have one specific question that you wanted to start with? Um, well, I thought I think the one about how do I have self compassion for yes. part of my yeah for well you read it I I don't remember the uh, exact the,
0: the essence of it was how do I find self compassion compassion for my brain when it hurts me so much when right. it continually causes me so much pain and it's a really good question and do you want do you want to start or shall I either way.
1: It's up to you. Okay.
0: Um, well, I, as a jumping off point, I think we, when we talk about OCD and anxiety disorders, we're quick to go to like, they're the mean guy, right? Like they're the bully. They're, they're the bully. They're so awful. And I I think honestly, it's a mischaracterization, even though I totally understand why, cause I've, I've used that characterization too before. But I think that at its core, anxiety or OCD is about a deep, deep fear of being unsafe. And so if we start to look at this part of us that's constantly calling out all of the potential pitfalls in our environment um, as, as really just being overprotective and misguided in the way that they're trying to help us
1: that right? like all. what if something bad happens to your child what if you do something what right. if you never get better it's that those are the what ifs just to clarify
0: yes no good clarification um so if there are these what ifs coming up that um that you don't necessarily need to see that as this demon that's inhabiting your mind, that's trying to torture you, because that's not really what it's after. What it's after is your safety, your sense of safety. Now, what it doesn't know uh, is that this is a really poor way of getting a sense of safety, is trying to follow these different questions and perpetually figure them out. But If we look at it from that perspective, I think it's a whole lot easier to access self-compassion than it is when we look at it as like this evil within us that's, you know, just trying to harm us.
1: Right. It's like this overprotective uncle, as I think Dr. Stephen Phillipson talks about is he's he's got the shotgun and he's on the uh, porch protecting you um, that's deeply misguided Um, That being said is like, this goes back to what we said originally is when we send loving kindness to people that have actively hurt us, that it's not easy, right? It's not easy. And if you don't do that, it's actively going to continue to harm you and get in your way. So while we can certainly hold space for OCD and the pain it's causing, we can also set boundaries, like Lauren said, and saying, you're not, we're not doing this today. This isn't happening. And I'm going to respond with loving kindness is like, I feel pain. This is hard, mm. right? This yep. is goes back to last week's talk. Yep. Um, acknowledge the pain, see it, make space for it and send it to kindness. Be like anyone would feel this way, the common humanity piece. Which is so important.
0: So yeah, I, I think that that really covers how you, how you can support yourself with loving kindness, with self compassion, even when you might see that your your brain has wronged you in some ways. That recognizing that the much as we would with other individuals, the wrongdoing is is misguided, but perhaps not always, but perhaps not ill-intentioned. I think it's a lot harder to be kind to the part of you when you think, oh, well, it's trying to get at me. And it, it the problem is it then sets up this contentious relationship with you and yourself, um, which is not very pleasant either. <laughs> it's not nice to live in your brain when it's this constant fight for, you know,
1: who's right or. Right. Yeah. right it's, and I th- think that when I talk about this with clients, sometimes the thing that comes up is that they're hurting like this. How can you say that? Like I'm in so much pain. Right. Um, yeah. And I'm not, and I'm by no means am I saying that. And trust me when I say that I often get stuck in that. I'm like, oh, I hate OCD. Oh, I hate anxiety. I, I hate all of this. Yeah. And at the same time, when we do that, we're getting more and more stuck and we're putting it almost on this negative pedestal. Like it has so much power over us now. Yeah, And we have so much more space and we go take a step back and we go, I feel pain. I'm uncomfortable. You know, the common humanity and then loving kindness.
0: Totally. Totally. And that's the thing is that when we're in that much pain, that's exactly what we need.
1: Yeah exactly
0: right like that's what we saw somebody weeping on the street you know and we happen to be walking by it we'd ask like are you okay is there anything that you need not god you idiot why are you sitting on the street
1: crying that's dumb yeah
0: (laughs) don't do that like yeah
1: imagine yeah i were talking to my child that way right is i mean don't get me wrong sometimes i'm like "Ah." (laughs) oh But if she comes with – if she came with to me with a scary thought, which she has, mm-hmm. the very first thing I do is I acknowledge her pain. I would never say to her, what is wrong with you? Like how we talk to ourselves. Duh. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, huh. And what, then when we all? do it – yeah. And then when we turn it on to ourselves, it's like, oh, well, but I don't talk to myself that way. Yeah. Well, you better start,
0: guys. Yeah it's, it's helpful to say the least. Yeah. Um, the other thing, so one of the other questions that we got asked was, uh, about guilt and navigating guilt. And I think that we were both talking about how self-compassion is uniquely supportive of, of feel all sorts of feelings, but including guilt. Um, mm-hmm. did you want to, since I took the last one to start, do you want to start this one off on like, how do we,
1: Right. So guilt is a very strong, like, I guess, distressing emotion. I don't want to say negative because then we're judging it. Right. Yeah. But it's a very distressing emotion. And just like anxiety, it doesn't mean that it's true, right? Like it doesn't mean because we feel a certain thing that something bad's going to happen with anxiety or for guilt. It's that I've done something wrong. Um, so it's the same protocol, right? It's the same, we're going to have loving kindness for it and leave space for it and not judge it and not fall into it and go, oh my gosh, this must mean I did something wrong. It's it's the same exact protocol.
0: Absolutely. So if we took an example, like with guilt tends to come up a lot in real event OCD, for instance, yeah? Yeah. So if somebody's having a thought like, Oh my gosh, I I can never forgive myself for that thing I did. Whatever the thing is, doesn't matter. But this comes up a lot for people with OCD. Is there's like one thing in the back back of their minds from years and years ago, um, or maybe not, but oftentimes. And when that happens, if if you were that person's brain, you would first practice mindfulness. So to acknowledge, oh, I'm having thoughts. Uh, mm-hmm. that i'm somehow inherently flawed or bad sort of verging on the shame category mm-hmm. and the second piece would be you know a lot of people i bet who who struggle with ocd like i do have feelings of-
1: oh i lost your sound there you are uh, yeah so
0: uh, common humanity, right? Like recognizing that there are a lot of other people who are probably navigating this, who, you know, it, who have OCD, maybe who don't, right? Like guilt comes up for things in the past that we might've done otherwise if we had it to do over. And then the self-kindness, right? The, okay. Yeah. It's, it's really challenging to, to be with guilt. Uh, and I got you. And I'm yeah. going to hold your hand, and we're going to walk through the guilt. It's okay. It's okay to feel this, um, and you know how to feel uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So there, I, I do see that we have another question from before, but we have some. Should I should I grab the other question? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me see what we have. We only have. have like
1: a few minutes. Oh. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we do one depending on,
0: yeah, I think that these are more general questions. Um, oh, well actually, so yeah,
1: we've got this. I like that. That's definitely a way to approach it too. So I'm going to call that.
0: Yeah. We've got this, you, you, yourself and you, but also the community that you have that you build. Um, So this is the question that I I pulled up. How can you help your partner with self-compassion without feeding into reassurance seeking?
1: Great question.
0: Really good question. So, and we kind of talked about this last time. So it would definitely encourage you to go back and listen to the last episode in terms of how an individual can practice self-compassion without reassuring themselves. And Ultimately, it's really important that we're not trying to resolve any sort of uncertainty with the, with the self-compassion, that it's more, I'll be with you in the uncertainty rather than let's figure this out. Because once we get into figuring it out territory, it starts to get messy.
1: Right. So how we do that with the reassurance for partner is just acknowledging their pain right is i see you're in a lot of pain whatever that is and i know you're struggling um i also know i believe in you i know you can handle this um if i were going through this i would feel the same yeah right and i'm here for you yeah or
0: yeah. And even if you can't, cause I think sometimes a partner won't be able to personally understand what they're, what the person is going through, but yep. to say, you know, to say like, it's, it's really understandable that you're going, you're having this experience, even if you can't directly relate to what it might be like.
1: Right. But we know what pain feels like.
0: That's for sure. Most of us know what pain feels like and it's <laughs> difficult to feel pain. One of the things too, with compassion. So you know if we're looking at self-compassion we've got the self-kindness component i also think that that this is where you can offer can we do something together that would support you in making the choice not to compulse can we um do you want to go for a walk do you, like something that you enjoy doing can with i your offer partner.
1: you a reframe I'm can saying. i offer you a
0: reframe um <laughs> yeah no but in earnest that that just can i Let's let's play some cards together, right? Like, I know that you really want to figure this thing out, but like, wouldn't it be more fun to just play a game of Uno or something?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. Except here's the thing. I will say this. Mm-hmm. When a partner says that sometimes and you're not in a good place, it can feel really, it could piss you off. Just, yeah. to, you can be yeah. like, how dare you offer Uno when I am? Right. Really in a lot of pain and I really want that damn reassurance, you know? Like-
0: yes. No, I know. And I think from the partner, for the partner in that situation, it's okay to set a boundary. It's okay to say, okay, well, I can yeah. see that you're really in it right now. And that, you know, if you want support, I'm here, but you'd also don't get to like be unkind to me because you're frustrated that I'm not going to do the thing that we know both know is going to be harmful to you.
1: Right. And also you, maybe you don't lash out, but to acknowledge that like, sometimes it can feel like you get a little prickly around that when someone that's been my experience anyways, is like, Uh. "Mm, no, no, no. But I might not have actually said it, um, but you know, move with it. And then you can also have these conversations ahead of time too. And you can say when I'm struggling These are the things that I kind of need and I forget in those moments or things that you can offer me that, um, aren't reassurance giving, but kind of supportive to me in my recovery.
0: So totally. I think it's really, really important to have those conversations in advance for sure. Because in the moment, the person with OCD is not going to have a very easy time walking somebody else how through how to support
1: them. Yeah. And yeah great question
0: very good question um so so we're we're off we're out of time folks yep thanks for joining us and we'll be back next week uh with another episode let us know if you have anything in particular that you'd like for us to explore further and we'd be happy to do so yes all right goodbye friend goodbye friend
1: Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD.
0: If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you'd like to hear. We want to make our
1: message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.